So, so lately we've been talking about our, our theme the last few weeks. Our topic has been God is love. I added, I'm adding to my, my presentation. I have, I have long been, and, and you guys may have, I don't know if I've ever talked about it. You may have picked up on it a little bit. Uh, I, I, am, I am a fan of, of different expressions of worship, and especially artistic expressions of worship. And sometimes you have probably noticed I, I will utilize artwork in my slide presentation of Christian artists. And, and I really, I, I love that. I just, I just think it's a tremendous expression of worship, and I love opportunities to be able to utilize art in my presentation. So this morning I have a painting over here. Last Sunday after service, Grace came up to me and said, Hey, I, I w- you were talking about God is love, and I happened to remember a couple years ago we were at a, a youth conference, and during worship, I painted this picture. It was just this heart, and it just said God is love on it. And that's what God was speaking to me during the conference. I said, oh, man, can you bring me that? I'd love to just have it up here while I'm talking. And she goes, well, I think it's in the basement or something. I don't, oh, Grace, dig it out. So she found it for me. So I have Grace's painting up here, God is love. So you can kind of just look at that, listen to me, and look at the painting, and it will be, be the best of both worlds. Um, so uh, we're going to continue this morning talking about God is love. Last, last week, uh, it just, you know, review, we, we not only, you know, dealt with the, the theme of God is love, but, but sort of a, a sub-theme of that, that Jesus is God. And, and you know, the, the focus of the message was that when we see Jesus, uh, we see God. That, that Jesus is the image of God. He's the form of God. He's the visible face of God. He's the, Paul tells us, the exact representation of God. He is the nature and character of God. And when we see Jesus, we see God. And one of the things that I tried to sort of communicate in that message is this, that if any of you like me, and and I sometimes just assume that I'm normal, which I probably shouldn't, but I do. Uh, If you like me, have struggled ever in your, your life reconciling some of the image of God you see in the Old Testament with who Jesus is. You know, in the Old Testament, you see this God that oftentimes, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of bloodshed, a lot of warfare, a lot, a lot of difficult things. And then Jesus is sort of, you know, this merciful and loving and, and forgiving. We, and in communion this morning, Donna's message on forgiveness, forgiving God. So if you've ever struggled, like I have, with reconciling those two things, I, I want to encourage you something to try to come to terms with in, in our lives as we walk out our faith, to come to terms with what is God like? What is God really, really like? <laughs> I want to encourage you, look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus. And I don't want to say that what we see in the Old Testament is an inaccurate picture or that it, it's not important or that it's not there for a reason. It is there for a reason, and I think that what typically is done in theological circles, there, there are two approaches to, to this reconciliation of the Old Testament God and Jesus. One approach is to try to reconcile those. And, and quite frankly, uh, we see this often in, in the evangelical church, and, and I'll tell you what the end result to me is the schizophrenic God. You come out with a God who is inconsistent at best. And I don't think it works. And I don't think it's, it's the correct 
uh, exegetical approach to who God is. The second approach is simply to pretend it didn't happen. I think in some of the emergent church and some of the newer (coughs) church movements, we sort of focus completely on Jesus, which I tend to lean that way, but we to the complete disregard of the Old Testament. So what I'm saying is there's, it's worthy of discussion. There is a place for us to consider and to understand, I believe, uh, that picture of the Old Testament God and why those things are written and what they mean. But I don't know that some of the way that that has been done is the correct way. So my encouragement and my focus in this series, and I, I will at, at some point, I promise, I don't have a Bible, I promise on a Bible, that I will deal with that. At some point in time, I'm going to talk about that, that picture of God in the Old Testament, why it's there, what it means. But for now, as we take a look at God as love, <coughs> I really want us to focus on who Jesus is and to look at him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue this morning, and I'm going to do something I have never done before today. And I'm going to do a, from this point, seven-minute sermon. None of you believe me. You just laugh. That was, okay, Doug said, sometimes we laugh when things are funny. Sometimes we laugh when things aren't going to really happen. And you guys, that was that laugh. I know that laugh. You're laughing because you think there's no way on earth he's going to do that. I'm going to do it. You watch. Maybe eight. Eight minutes. So today is, (coughs) golly, today is an addendum to last week. And I want us to look at a couple verses, really two verses, and just sort of talk further about not only is Jesus God, but really beginning to embrace that and, and, and not only embrace it, but integrate it into the course of our life and our Christian experience to be able to, to really understand fully and walk out um, God is love, Jesus is God in my own faith. So pray with me and then we'll, we'll take six and a half minutes and talk about it. Lord, I thank you for... Uh, for your goodness and your grace in our lives. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people, for what you're doing in us and through us and with us. We ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done, that you continue to pour your presence out in us and through us in our community, that, that we would be followers of Christ, that as he is the exact representation of God, that we would be worthy representations of him in our community, that we too would be vessels, that we would be conduits, of that love that comes from you uh, that we have come in contact with in our own lives and that we would extend that to others. In your name, amen. So I want to look at, like I said, two verses in 2 Corinthians today. The first is 2 Corinthians 4.4 and it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So again, this this text was not on our list that we looked at quite a few scriptures last week wasn't on the list but it's another text that indicates to us that Jesus really is the image of God that that when we see him that he displays what God is the glory of of God is displayed in the, in the image of Jesus Paul tells us here that um, <coughs> he references the God of this age uh, who is who who's the God of this age Hmm? No. It's a little G. Satan, yeah. The devil. Satan. Now you get it. Good job, Elliot. 
has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they can't see the light of the gospel. What I want you guys to catch in this verse is that understanding and knowing who Christ is the, and, 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 and really that, that he is the image of God, the, 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 present, the, the exact representation of God, is first and foremost a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's not an informational or educational issue, and it's not even really fully an exegetical issue. And by exegetical issue, I mean an issue that we can come to terms with by studying the Bible. Now, I am first. I I, I love to study the Bible. It's it's I, I, maybe again I'm a little weird that way, but it's one of the things I really enjoy doing. When, when there is a subject that, that I am intrigued with, and I'll give you an example, the, the, the kingdom of God to me is just this amazing concept, and I feel like I can never know enough about it. And so over the last um, three or four years specifically, but many years prior, but, but really focused the last three or four years, I want to know everything I can know about the kingdom. I've probably read 50 books on the kingdom of God. I've read probably another hundred articles, blogs, whatever, whatever. Uh, I've studied scripture uh, that was referenced in those books, and I'll spend a lot of time thinking about it. And, and so as I read and as I study, I, I learn more about the kingdom of God. I read something that N.T. Wright wrote or somebody like that, and I go, oh, that is amazing, and it's a new idea, a new nugget, a new something that I, I had never thought of before. And so I grow in my understanding of the kingdom now, the love of God is a little bit different in that we can learn about it. I can tell you about it all day long. Um, not only me, you could hear 400 sermons on the kingdom of God or on the love of God, and, and you could read about it. You could, you could read in the Bible, God is love, and you could, you could read uh, all the texts we looked at last week that indicate that Jesus is God and that he loves you. At the end of the day, that only becomes real when it becomes real. It only fully becomes real when it touches you, when you experience it, when, when all of a sudden something happens, and, and, this can, and it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual issue. It can happen in a million different ways. It might happen as you're reading, and some of you have had that experience. You're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden God becomes real, and God's love becomes real to you in a new way. But it can happen a thousand other ways. It can happen through another person. It can happen through the beauty of creation. There's a million ways, but it becomes real when you experience it. First and foremost, the love of God is a spiritual issue. It's not an issue that we totally figure out on our own, just in some other manner, only when it, when it, it touches us and becomes real. That's why, if you remember a few weeks ago, we started this series with Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3, where he prays that we would know this love that surpasses knowledge. There is a love that goes beyond our ability to know in the classic sense of knowing something. We only, it can only be known through revelation, through God making it real. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the text we've been looking at, obviously really understood that. If you look at his life, Paul was, in fact, in the name of God, believing he was doing God's will, going around persecuting Christians because he thought, oh, they're bad, they're bad, bad, bad. He was in process of that, that was a heartfelt, with conviction mission that he was on. He really, really believed. It wasn't like he was a bad guy. He believed he was doing God's will until what happened? 
He experienced the presence of God, and suddenly God's love became real to him. He understood it's a spiritual issue. Paul had, I, I, I want you to know, studied the Word of God more than all of you, okay? <laughs> it, 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 was, it was what he did. It was his job, so to speak. But with all of that, it, it never became real until it became real. So he understands it's spiritual. It's the same reason he prays in chapter 1 of Ephesians, another fantastic prayer that I love, that God would enlighten the eyes of our hearts. Now, you guys know, I mean, look, physically speaking, our hearts don't have eyes. We don't see with our hearts. But you also all know that you do see with your heart, don't you? You do see with your heart. Spiritually speaking, our hearts are, and our minds, and they're, they're somewhat connected in a spiritual sense, have been blinded by the God of this age. But when we come into that knowledge of God, and, and He is revealed to us, and His love comes in, the eyes of our hearts are enlightened, and suddenly we know something that we didn't know before. So, I just want to say this, and this is one more minute. Praying and, and embracing a revelation of God's love is really so important. It's not enough to come to church. It, it's not enough. Honestly, I, I want everyone to serve, but it's not enough to serve. It's, it's not enough to do all of the things that we might do. And, and again, I'm not... I, I'm not wanting to take anything away from those things. They're all good. But the things that we do to, to express our Christian faith and our life, none of it matters un unless we embrace and receive and know beyond knowing the love of God in our own hearts. One of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed. I'm pleased that we have made our switch from evening to morning. I'm thankful for that. And one of the things that, have, that has encouraged me the most in that process, I've noticed this. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Every week, we've had a better response at prayer time at the end than we used to have in the evening. I'm really thankful for that. I don't know if you guys are more awake in the morning. I don't know if you're not in a big hurry to get out of here. I don't know what caused it. I'm just glad for it because I think that that's how it happens. That's how it happens. That's why we're here. If... If you come here with whatever burden you might have, be it physical, emotional, mental, relational, financial, I don't care, and you leave with that same burden, then really the, it's, it's, it's not been all that it could be. My hope is that as we worship and God's presence becomes real, that we're able to minister and pray with one another to, to the end result of relieving of those things. That's how it happens. In those moments, look, it's progressive. God's love is revealed to us. There's usually a big moment. There's, there's an aha moment where it happens. But that isn't the end of it. That's only the beginning. All your life, God's love will be revealed to you time and time and time again. And if you come here one day, something's going on. I don't know what. You come up for prayer. Somebody prays for you. And in a moment, that changes. That's God revealing his love to you again. And that's, that's what we're for. That's what we're about. So I'm just thankful for that, and I wanted to share that. Real quick, one minute on the flip side of this verse. Two verses later, verse 6. 
He says, For God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. Again, the light of God shining in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. Where is that knowledge of God's glory seen? In the face of Christ. Shines in our hearts in the face of Christ. It, it is a spiritual issue. The glory of God, really, what he's talking about is the nature of God, the character of God. I, I just think that's important. We talk about what, what is God's glory? We, we, I think we go, well, is it, a, is it a radiance? Is it a shining? We have all these words. God's glory is this. It's the nature and character of God. When you come to terms with the reality that God is love, you're, you're experiencing the glory of God. When you come to terms with the reality that God loves me, that his, he intrinsically is love, and he can't go outside of the, the bonds, of, you begin to really experience the glory of God. That's what it is. And we see that in the face of Jesus Christ. That's where it's put on display for us. I love the, the Genesis tie-in here. He references Genesis. God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. What, what he's saying is this, I think. It's a, in your face. It's a like, yeah, not only does the light shine in your hearts, but it's God's light. It's all his light. Without him, there is no light. There was no light. There never would be light. It would all be dark, but it's not. It's light in him. And the same light that God spoke all things into being is the light that he shines in your heart and says he loves you. That's it. It's the same light. And I think that is so profound. And I, I don't know if that means anywhere near much to you as it does to me right now, but it's just like you get a hold of that and you go, wow, God really does love me. He really does love me. It really is a spiritual issue. It, it really doesn't matter how much I tell you about it as much as it becoming real and, and embracing your heart. It happens through prayer, through revelation. That's why Paul prays for it to happen. He prays those prayers in Ephesians. Not only does Paul pray it, Jesus prays it. And, and uh, I want to end with this. This is from John chapter 17, which, by the way, is uh, the Lord's Prayer. I know you all think that Matthew 5 is the Lord's Prayer. It's not. And I know that everyone says it's the Lord's Prayer. They're all wrong. I'm right. It's the disciples' prayer, because why? what is that prayer? It's the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples to pray. They pray it. It's the disciples' prayer. John 17 is Jesus' prayer. It's the Lord's Prayer. I'm right. They're all wrong. Meaner, meaner. He prays for unity, and then at the end of the prayer, and I will close with this, and I want two minutes over. Same as always. Um, okay, don't get smart. He, at the end of the prayer, he prays for a revelation of God's love to be made known. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. Who are those? We are those. I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. The love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. He prays for us to have a revelation of who he is and his love for them. Stand up. Stand up. So let's close with an opportunity for prayer. And as uh, Cindy plays something lovely on the piano, I'll invite our ministry team to come front. And, you know, I don't have a specific word this morning. I would just say this. If you would like 
a touch of God's love today. However that might be manifest in your life, just come up and let somebody pray with you. So ministry team, come on up and we'll just take a minute or two. Lord, we just echo the prayer of Jesus today. Let us know you. Let us see the glory of God in you. Let the love that you are be in us. Let your love touch each and every person this morning in a new and a fresh way.